Hey everybody and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul. I am your host as always. Today a very special treat live in person from the venerable and aromatic 222 Ormsby. I have Dave Simonich from uh, Signs of the Swarm. Did I get that right? All yes, right. <laughs> Dave, thanks for uh, making that trip uh, all the way to Mount Oliver. Dude, thanks for having me. It's been such a long time since I've been to this venue. It's crazy. I didn't even know it was back open. So <laughs> I'm stoked that it's coming back to life, you know? Yeah, that's that's cool. So when did you, do you know when you played here last? Um, I actually never played here before. Okay. And now that I know that it's open, I'm definitely going to try to break room to actually have a hometown show here. Just yeah. because I remember coming back here, seeing some like local shows ripping back in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. dude? This was like one of the spots to go. And um Fucking yeah! So, I'm. I would really like to play here, though. That's cool. So, Signs of the Swarm. Um, your publicist hit me up, and which is how I get a lot of interviews on this show. Which leads to the first question: How big does a band need to be to have their to have a publicist, someone reaching out on behalf of them? Like oh. at some point, your band said, "Okay, we have a publicist now." Yeah. See, like, I feel like that it's a point of whenever your workload just becomes too much. Um, because like whenever I first started, uh, doing this, it, it was just literally me reaching out to people back whenever I was back in the day, hometown band and stuff like that. Um, like, but whenever you get to a point where you feel like that you're just stuck. Yeah. Um, I really feel like that that's the point where you should spend a loot on some, like, paying for somebody to essentially find you places to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, we are great. We are lucky enough and very grateful, um, to have our, uh, special person, Nikki at century media. Yeah. Um, she does great for us and, um, we are very lucky that century media helps us out with that kind of stuff. Shout out to Nikki because she is so easy to deal with and she throws me a ton of interviews. So. Dude, she saves my ass so much. <laughs> So Pittsburgh bands, right? Is Sons of the Swarm is is that a Pittsburgh band? Would you say it's a Pittsburgh band? Oh yeah, I'd definitely say it's a Pittsburgh band. It was forged in the rust that fucking <laughs> lies in all the corners of all the surrounding areas. You know what I mean? Um whenever the band first started, everybody was pretty much living in the city except Bobby. Um and uh as the lineup kind of changed and grew and evolved um now there's members that don't even live in pittsburgh and i'm me and mike are the only people that are actually mike's the only one in the city now right i i bought i i bounced out i had to move out to beaver county and uh <laughs> i wanted to take the quiet life right. <laughs> you know right. i so i live on the south side of pittsburgh where where you used to live and it's crazy on Friday and Saturday night, that's for sure. And especially nowadays, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting that perhaps you feel more mature now, but you're still doing the deathcore thing, right? We'll mm -hmm. talk about how the sound of the band has evolved because I think it has with, with the newer stuff. It truly has, though. There was just like a lot of, like with new members coming in um, and just like us, like kind of moving forward into a better direction for the band, um, the sound needed to evolve mm -hmm. and it needed to grow and it needed to mature or else we're just going to be stuck in the same place that we were last year, right. you know? And um, we definitely want to see growth, 
you, you know? Do you worry about the impact of, say, like a giant band like Metallica, right? So they move out of the city or they get their big houses or whatever, and they lose, I think they lose the elements of what make them interesting as a band so now you leave the violence of the south side even though for the record i don't think there's that much violence on the (laughs) south side it just makes the news a lot um but you move out to a quieter life because you want to do family stuff which is which is great and mature but do you think that that just that act fundamentally changes the band um i honestly don't think that it would affect my work um just uh i don't have neighbors where like it actually because you know how expensive it is to live out there. Right. You you got to have a roommate. And um, the roommates I had in the past were not fans of my work. Okay. Uh, they always seen it as a hobby and something that kind of just like took up a lot of my time, right. you know. Right. Um, so actually, like whenever I first moved out, um, it was like a kind of transitional thing. I moved from Pittsburgh to Cannonsburg and then from Cannonsburg to Beaver County. Mm-hmm. So... Um, like whenever I moved to Cannonsburg, it was kind of the first initial like cha- transition to like somewhat quieter area. Mm-hmm. Like I was living on the main strip of Cannonsburg for a minute, but um, and anyone from Cannonsburg knows that everybody loves their holidays. Right. So there's always like a parade or some crazy shit going <laughs> on, dude. Um, so like it may it was like a slow adjusting period. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, but I, it didn't really affect my work as a but I noticed it from now. Um, I've been working on the new record. Uh, it's sounding fucking pissed off as fuck. Right. You know, um, I feel like that I channel most of my uh, inspiration from my upbringing and um, a lot of things that I was surrounded by in my past. Right. Um, right. And I think that just like that trauma that's lied in like subconsciously right. is just constantly there. So I don't think that me moving to a quieter area is uh, going to hinder our work or change the band too much. Um, truthfully, I feel like that uh, I can actually focus more on work, you know? When you think about the fans or the fans' response to material, especially as the material evolves, right? So you have different textures in the music, the, la- the later stuff. It's not just slow and heavy, right? There's right. more happening now. And even with your vocals, uh, there are a couple of songs where I'm just like, man, that is not like a person making that <laughs> sound. Um, but do do fans, do you ever get any feedback from fans that say the band's changing and I don't, I don't dig it? Yeah. Um, there are some OG fans that, uh, like back whenever the old singer was in the band, mm-hmm. um, it was very slam oriented. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say, uh, slam oriented deathcore. Um, where like we kind of grew away from that right. over the years. Um, whenever I joined, um, and vital deprivation was kind of going on. Um, we did the whole slamming, uh, kind of like progressive metal vibe. And, um, we kind of just got like bored after with it. It's not like we want to try to play some new stuff. You know what right. I mean? Like right. we want to grow as musicians as much as artists. Um, and we are just pushing through, you know, yeah. and, Plus, we don't want to just like copy paste and have the same record over and over again. Right. I feel like that um, me as a metal listener, I think that's boring when bands do that. And um, I like whenever bands try to experiment and try learning and trying to push the sound barrier a little bit more within the industry. Because like, yeah, they might have swung 11 times and only hit three, but those three songs are going to actually impact what's going on. Right, right. 
Cool. What does what does a musician, what does a band member like yourself, what do you owe the fans after you've delivered the music? So you record something, you put it out there for people to listen to, you put on shows for people to go and, and release and have a good time. Do you owe anything to the fans beyond that? Do you know an explanation for why you did something this way? Do you owe them a handshake after the show? You know, um, where, where do you draw that line? See, honestly, whenever, like... My whole purpose of doing this is to give back to the community that actually impacted my life and changed it for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that I have a debt to be paid from that. I remember going to hometown shows to get away from the drug abuse that was in my household um, and finding a sense of community and friendship and just like being able to be a part of something like it really saved me. And I feel like that if I am able to do that for just one person somewhere that I'm doing the right thing, you know, Um, because like bottom line, like I don't do this for money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I make some cool money whenever I'm gone and I get to go cool places and stuff. But that's not what it's about for me. Um, I want to be a pillar like amongst all the other pillars in the industry. Mm-hmm. I just want to stand with them and be like, I was here to pave the way for the kid that's going to come and take my spot in fucking 10 years. Right. It's, eventually it's going to happen. It's right. the world, you know? Right. Um, so like, I hope that I could just influence somebody and I could help them and I could push the envelope a little bit. So somebody has to sweat a little bit whenever yeah. they come <laughs> up next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Again, a very mature way to think about it. Uh, you mentioned you're not the original singer in the band, although you've been in in the band way longer than, yeah. than most of the other. I mean, and you're kind of the spokesman. I'll put it in air quotes for the <laughs> band, even though you know I think that you've em- embraced that role. You know, whenever I see press about Signs of the Swarm, it's often you who's representing. Yeah, representing I feel the like band. that. Um, being the frontman vocalist, I feel like it just, I just kind of fell into that. Right. Uh, whenever I first joined, I hated doing interviews and <laughs> shit, dude. I was so nervous all the time. I always felt like I sounded stupid as shit. Um, and then uh, my previous members just like kind of got me comfortable. And, and then next thing you know, it's... Dave, you got an interview this day, this day, this day. Let's go, let's go. Hey, you're here, you're there. It's just like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh if you're a metal fan, you know Century Media Records, especially in Europe. Uh, when you signed to Century Media, um, did you think, okay, here's where we can buy our... Well, you're in Beaver County. I was going to say Lamborghini, but then you're <laughs> going to buy your big Ford <laughs> F-150 or something. <laughs> but but it, is that the moment when a, when a band like yours says, okay, you know, we've reached some level here. This means something. See, I feel like that us signing with Century Media... Um, it was a very monumental moment for us, but, um, it's not like what everybody thinks that it would be. I remember whenever I was like in my teens and I was like, I can't wait to get a record deal to get me out of the fucking hood, dude. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm going to be able to fucking help people and like get a record deal. And it's like, my life's still the same. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. It's like all of the money that you get from a record deal that just goes into your campaign. Yeah. And if you don't put that money into your campaign, you're stupid Yeah. because that's, what's going to feed you. You got to think of the longevity, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, whenever 
I, we signed a century. I wasn't even sure like it was the move. Yeah. I was kind of scared because mm-hmm. like everybody's like century media, that's big leagues, bro. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> um you know what i mean like they're like yeah what producers do you want to work with and this and that i'm like holy fuck what's going on <laughs> and it's just like kind of like it's a surreal dude you know what i mean but yeah. whenever we signed it like it was a moment where we knew that the gates are starting to unhitch themselves a little bit yeah. you know what i mean and us being the people that we are took advantage of everything that we could right. signing and making that of reflect us growing as musicians. Um, that's where we made the decision to uh, release our single to unbridled right upon the announcement of being signed to century yeah. media. Um, we wanted to show that there was a large growth from Absolvere to us signing because Absolvere was our last uh, record for our contract with Unique Leader Records. Right. Um, which, shout out to those guys. They treated us fucking great. Um, they literally treated all of us like family, took very good care of us all around the world because shit happens. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I remember whenever my merch order crushed me and I came home in the negative and they were like, we'll handle this. Don't yeah, worry. That's, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it whenever a label cares about you like that, it's very important. And century media has been giving us that kind of energy, but we haven't gotten ourselves in a bad pickle yet. So right. like, let's fingers crossed, <laughs> fingers dude. Crossed, you know right? what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the outreach that century has, like immediately you can see the video you're talking about, right? That's in front of lots more eyes than you would oh, get yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Their subscriber level is like no comparison to where we were on unique leader records. Yeah. Um, their statistics, just it's, it was a no-brainer whenever they gave us an offer um it was just uh it felt like it was like the next chapter of signs of the swarm where um we were around different people working with more um just more press people and it, like uh we used to work with james guitarist of tesseract mm-hmm. uh with unique leader records um i think he was uh with like knockdown productions or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but great guy. Um, but us moving forward, we have people in the U S and in Europe, right. um, just handling different areas of the world instead of one guy, just trying to juggle a lot. And that's where it comes with growth. You know what I mean? Growth is always fantastic because if you stay stagnant, you're just going to end up drop falling off, you know? Let's talk about deathcore as a genre for a moment. I remember Oceano, right, as the sort of big deathcore band. Dude, I remember Depths. Like, that record, literally, I remember it going in my basement whenever I was younger and just, like, literally trying to do District of Misery. (laughs) (laughs) But then after that, I felt like that scene shrunk, right? It got, it, it sort of bottomed out. And now... Once again, like all of these cyclical things, I see more the the rise in, at least in my perception, in in deathcore listeners. As someone who's been in it since you know for the last ten years, do you feel like the scene itself is growing? Honestly, I feel like that there's a mass resurgence. Um, I remember back in the 2010 eras, like when deathcore was kind of like starting to implement the whole gent yep. elemental yep. to it. Um, 
And like, I feel like that that was the last time we had a real surge mm-hmm. within the industry. Now I feel like that it's happening in so many different like little sub of deathcore where it's making deathcore pop off again. Okay. And people are starting to see like, oh, it's actually cool to go to a metal show again. And a lot of people think like, oh yeah, like that stuff fell off. But honestly, We've been partying fucking <laughs> for the years. And guess what? Fuck, we don't give a fuck if there's, <laughs> the room is packed out. We're still going to party and have a great time. Yeah. And I feel like everybody started realizing that Deathcore is kind of like, I almost want to say it's like the hip hop of like metal. You know what I mean? It's right. really flashy, uh, overproduced. It's like not overproduced, but very well produced. Right. I'll put it that way. Um, like maybe too well produced. Yeah, it's like you know what I mean. It's like flashy. It's it, it all has a similar like sound. Yeah, exactly, like all the drums sound kind of the same. And, yeah, and, it's yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. it's kind of a, like a mix thing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like or if you don't have a good vocalist and drummer, it's not deathcore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at least in my opinion, if your vocalist sucks or your drummer sucks and can't <laughs> blast, you're not deathcore. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, speaking of of vocalists in deathcore, like I mentioned, there's a couple of songs where, again, it's just amazing what you can do with your voice as an instrument. Like Thanks. truly, truly like, even if you, even if you're a Karen housewife, I think you could even still appreciate like that's a person making that sound. And you know, which is, which is pretty crazy. Um, do you think that your chosen genre is the best genre to get across a message, right? Because Um, the lyrics are hard to understand. See, I feel like that it is, but it isn't. Because most people within the deathcore genre, um, from me being one of them, uh, whenever I buy a record, I'm popping that book open. And I'm literally sitting down and I am digesting the record. Yeah. I'm reading along to it. And whenever you read the lyrics, you can actually yeah. pick the words out. Yeah. There's just so much to like to consume that like it takes a couple times for you to actually hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like yeah. fucking sick ass breakdowns are going on and you're like, holy shit, that's hard <laughs> as fuck. But you missed what that breakdown was about. Yeah. That was the climactic point. You missed it. Yeah. And, um, that's whenever reviewing a song again, after you listen to it and get the shock factor over, I feel like that, um, it is, I, there are times where like, it's like, Oh, I love the way you go. You know what I mean? Like fucking people like commenting in this comments or whatever, like, or like you go in, Oh, I felt that, you know what I mean? But, um, I feel like that. If the people truly care enough and they're actually enticed enough that they're going to look and then that's even more powerful because people are going to go read it while they're listening to it. You know what I mean? Um, I will say within this record, I feel like that that was something that I kind of honed in on is like where I wanted the kind of lean more on like catchier stuff Mm -hmm. and where people can actually understand what Mm -hmm. the fuck I'm saying, you know, and um I feel like that that's very important for song for, I feel like it's important for that because 
a song needs to be a song. Yeah. There needs to be points where like you want to sing along to it, where like that line's so catchy you can't resist yourself but to say it while it's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I wanted those moments uh, because my last record, Absolvere, I feel like that I was just like, look what I can do. You know what I mean? Like, look how fucking inhuman I can be. Yeah. And I'm doing this shit live flawlessly while moving around, doing acrobats and cardio, essentially, yeah. while I'm doing all this shit. You know what I mean? Um, this record, I really, really, really wanted to step more into the catchy side of things. And um, I wanted to make, like, a catchy horror comic book for music. Oh, you know cool. what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. And I... I think you can go ahead and name. What's the name of the new album? Uh, the new record is called Amongst the Low and Empty. Right. And my impression was there are points where uh, John Henry from Darkest Hour, who is a growler, but he's got really good articulation for I know. His, his words, right? I love his voice. Right. And you, I think you were, you're capturing some of that on the new record as opposed to some of the older I stuff. I appreciate as, that. As you mentioned, but you're still doing pretty gnarly stuff with your voice. Oh yeah. I kept those, I kept those moments, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I didn't want to completely steer away from it and take that element from signs because I believe that that element is crucial for the band's sound um i would i personally feel like that i'm gonna be like in my 50s still fucking yeah. you know what i mean dude? <laughs> how often do you do things like look at your spotify numbers or social media numbers or things like that that's like my kryptonite dude i will not look at it okay um i don't want to know um i once I release something, I make sure that it's it played right one yeah. time. Yeah. Um, whenever my band chat starts going off about it, I try not to pay attention to it because then, like, I like I'll like think of like in comparison to people that are around me sometimes, and I'm just like, "Fuck, I'm falling off." I gotta, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm oh, I fell under two hundred thousand listeners. I gotta, I gotta do some Spotify advertisements or something yeah. you know what i mean and i just get in my head about it and i start freaking myself out and it's just best for me not to know you know so of course in preparation for this podcast i looked up numbers right <laughs> and, and I'm not, we, we definitely don't need to put those numbers out there but i was and i guess i'm naive or something because the numbers were just astounding the Thank number you. of monthly listeners is insane and then subsequently i went on the subreddit for deathcore um and your band is well loved in in the community which yeah. i mean it feels insulting to say that i'm surprised by that mm -hmm. but are you you know how do you guys respond to something See, like that honestly i am very honored that people like talk about us like in a positive manner. Um, the band has had some fucking douchebags in the past. Yeah, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, fucking. Um, and like, I'm just glad that people know that the people in the band that actually care about what we're yeah. doing, yeah. Um, like they know, they see that. Yeah. They see that we're here to have a good time. We're trying to give a safe environment for people mm -hmm. to escape from their normal lives. Um, like we're just trying to give a community and even if our community's small, we still got one, you know? Right. And, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed. 
Do you know the band Extreme from the late 80s, early 90s? I don't band? off the top of my head. I'm right, sorry. It's like a pop metal band, you okay. know, like a, a shredder guitar player. They had a huge hit, right? Huge mm-hmm. hit called More Than More Than Words, I think. It's a ballad, acoustic okay. ballad, right? Um, but they sold, I think that record sold 10 million copies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but this was late 80s, early 90s. Right now on Spotify, you guys have better numbers than them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, fucking... Um, <laughs> That, that's kind of surreal to think about you know what i mean like um whenever like we started doing like amongst the one i remember we got like a message in our chat like and it was like yo we just broke a million fucking streams and yeah. the record's not even out yet and i'm just like what <laughs> <laughs> we only have two songs out and um like the over a million streams just with the two songs of like uh, amongst the lone empty and tower torsos, we released Malady and then it jumped up another like it was like all ones whenever like yeah. we were talking about it whenever Malady came out and like I'm just like blown the fuck away, dude. Yeah. And like I'm so blessed to have made all the friends that I've made and to meet all the people that I've met around the world and them to be on our team and to be supporting us and just throwing up that sots flag, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the dark side of some of the fame. Arguably one of the biggest bands ever to come out of Pittsburgh, anti-flag. Yeah. Um, had some terrible uh, news that broke, I think, two weeks ago, or maybe even last week. I believe um, it was last, last week because I right. saw that it was like everything just disappeared. Right. So allegations of a sexual assault rape against uh, Justin the singer. Then suddenly everything was gone. All of their socials were gone. Their, their, their webpage was down. And I'm not, I don't want to talk about any of that. What I'm interested in is how the band handles that. And so there's a good analog here because you guys went through that with certain band, certain former band members, but you survived it. So what's the insight in, in the survival for the band? Um, honestly, uh, I believe that people understanding that the members of the band that weren't, had nothing to do with that mm-hmm. and seeing that we completely separated ourselves from them entirely um which like this kind of shit like it just you don't anticipate that right you know and i mean it just fucking hits the fan fucking i'm finding out just like fucking everyone else's you know what i mean like fucking i'm like what the fuck's going on dude and then (laughs) thinking my fucking life's over and like i'm just gonna go back to right just normal life you know what i mean right do you feel like in the moment the band is over yeah Okay. Yeah, like whenever I went through my scenario with my previous member, um, I thought it was over. Um, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna go welding again. Be, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I what the fuck else am I gonna do? But um, we separated ourselves. Um, we took forward the right motions to find a replacement, um, and we luckily had fans that believe in us and believe in the people that had nothing to do with that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and they know that we're trying to just overcome that obstacle that we were forced to go through. And it's like, if you're working with somebody for 10 fucking years at your job and he gets arrested for something and it's like, Oh damn, I would have never thought Tim was doing that kind of shit. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, this is like a job for some, like me joining the band. Like I knew these guys, you know what I mean? From playing shows and stuff together, but it's not like I went to high school with them and I grew up with these guys. And like, I was surrounded, like, you know what I mean? And I've built the bonds that I have now with the bands that, I mean, with the band members that I've been with, you know what I mean? Um, but like, I didn't like it. I've blown the fuck away whenever that shit happened, to be honest. Um, and how did you regroup? Like, did you get together with the remaining members and say, okay, here's what we're going to do, and you block it out? Or you just Honestly, it-, it was kind of like, whenever it happened, it was like the person that was owning it, um, they respectfully were like, this is fucked. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to ruin the dream. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I'm respectfully going to step away. And um, we're like, okay, uh, we're going to ask you to anyways. Right. You know what I mean? But um, that's great that you suggested this. Uh, so we could kind of try to take steps forward to see if we can even continue. Right. Um, which, I'm once again, I am beyond blessed that we are able to keep doing this. Right. Um, because the most insane shit has happened for our careers after that moment. Right. right. Um, honestly, uh, it was like an entire trajectory incline of just signs of the swarm. Um, it was like once we took that one element out and then put in that new element, it was just like, look out. We're running around with machine guns across the world, fucking shooting at whatever we can get. Right. You know what I mean? And um, But you're doing all this press now, so how... How often does someone from media want to talk about the details of that? Um, back in the day, whenever it was like a really hot subject yeah. and everybody was like kind of doing articles on it and whatnot, um, it, it happened more than more than not. It was one of those things where like I would include that and be like, "Hey, I do not want to talk about right, this. Right. Um, it's it is what it is. We're trying to move forward right. from that and." Um, it's a bitter it's a bitter thing to happen um because like i did have great memories with that person mm-hmm. yeah but it just yeah you got you got to move forward right that's yeah, it you, you that's gotta, like really it yeah. that's yeah. really it yeah. like um it's just like you grow away from people for a reason and um that reason obviously right. was fucked <laughs> When you think about going out and doing shows, um, what's the what's the plan for Signs of the Swarm now? Do you, you know, do you get backline? Is everybody bringing their own gear? When you go to Europe, is is your label taking care of you? How is that working for a band at your level at this point? Um, for us in the United States, um, we finance all of our gear ourselves. Um, we are lucky to be endorsed by Orange Cabinets. Um, mm-hmm. They are well orange amplifiers, right. and but we only use their cabinets yeah. because we use uh, Neural DSPs. Yeah. Um, shout out Neural, great company. If y'all don't know about it, if you're a guitar player, if get you're a guitar on that player, wave. you definitely should know about Neural. Yeah, you need to get on the wave. <laughs> if you're sleeping on that, wake up, buddy. Um, 
But we're very lucky to be backed by these companies where they give us a little bit of a discount. Mm -hmm. It's nothing crazy. They're not giving us shit for free. Right. You know what I mean? But you're getting an artist discount. Exactly. Yeah. So we're beneficial. We're, we're really beneficial for that. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's a lot of money. Like we yeah. just fucking bought that new in-ear rig before the chapel tour. And that was like 10 K. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was us getting plugged up, knowing some people within different industries around or different uh, factories around within the industry. And um, honestly, we got lucky. You know what I mean? Because yeah. um, like Bobby, he is unfortunately unendorsed. Um, he pays for every cymbal, every drum head, every drumstick, um, every little fucking thing that goes with a drum he comes out of pocket for that. Right. Um, which drummers, I'm sorry that your career is so expensive. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but, I, I but feel if you're a guitar you. player, you can spend a lot of money. Oh too, yeah. Right? No, trust me. I know. <laughs> Fucking Carl just got that Aristotle's guitar dude, where it's like all like carbon fiber yeah. printed yeah, and shit, cool, dude. Man. It's shh. yeah. Man, whenever I saw that bill that he was paying, I was like, <laughs> I could never imagine. Then, then one last thing here before we let you go, Dave, and, and that is you're going out with Whitechapel. You're going out with these, these bigger bands. Do you feel like a peer or do you still, is there still something deep inside of you that's the fan and you get to do this? Dude, me, it took me like days to get the courage to even say hi to Phil Bozeman, bro. <laughs> um, I just got to say that. Uh, but I've literally looked up to that dude, uh, for, I can't even remember how long now, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember fucking being in like eighth grade in algebra and fucking my teacher, Mr. Henderson being like, yo, shut that stupid shit off. Get back to your stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like always fucking talking shit. <laughs> fucking. But you feel like up here now when you go out on these tours? It, honestly, I feel like that I'm just at, I'm at work. You know what I mean? Whenever I go on the road, um, it's challenging. You know what I mean? Like I'm away from home. Um, I have I'm away from my like and my kind of like primary job tattooing. Yeah. Um, like it's just you know what I mean? It's it's hard. Yeah. And yeah. um. So like whenever I'm out there, I'm like, so in my head about like, oh, is everything okay at home? Um, are my cats okay? Like, you know what I mean? Or is the day of show going okay? Like, oh shit, this shit's running 15 minutes late. I'm going to be fucking loading out at yeah. fucking 1 a.m. And <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? Like, um, like I haven't, like whenever I get the chance to meet these awesome musicians and get to hang out with them, become friends, um, at first, like, I feel like that I'm just, I don't want to say a peer. Cause like whenever I say like a peer, like I think of somebody that like I hang out with a lot, you know what I mean? Um, I would definitely like to say that I do feel like a colleague mm -hmm. where like we all are in for the same thing right. and we're all just trying to do this thing and we have equal understanding of that right. and no one's stepping on each other's toes. Everybody's just making sure everybody's having a good time. Everyone's being safe. Everyone's making money and having a good time. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, so I really think colleagues better than peer, yeah. you know? Cool. Awesome. 
Well, I want to thank Dave from Signs of the Swarm for coming on the show today. I will drop all the links. New record out, new tour coming up. You should definitely check them out when you have a chance. Dave, thanks a lot for coming to the venerable and aromatic 222 Ormsby, man. <laughs> thanks for having me, man, for real. Man.